If you brought your Bibles with you this morning and you want to turn to the book of Leviticus, chapter 6, and actually we'll be in a few places in the book of Leviticus in just a moment. Leviticus chapter 6, we'll get to in just a little bit. But I want you to mark that spot and I want to go into the book of Hebrews for just a moment. Again, you can turn over uh, to the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and mark in those two places and we're going to read those uh, in just a minute. And again, Leviticus, there's a few chapters kind of before and after that uh, we want to get to, but we want to start with uh, when we get to Leviticus chapter 6 here in just a moment. But I want to begin this morning with a, a verse that's going to be found in the 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews. Now, just the other day, uh, you probably have heard quite a bit about the beginning of Lent or uh, what is known as Ash Wednesday. So as, of course, everybody has their, their convictions and their beliefs behind Ash Wednesday. And, uh, but when you think about Ash Wednesday or the beginning of a Lent uh, season, six weeks before what we uh, call Easter or the crucifixion of Jesus, when we start looking at this time period by which uh, is that, what was the purpose of Jesus' death? And that's a question we're going to ask. So this morning, our, our thought would be titled, The Spark That's Going to Start a Fire. The Spark That Starts a Fire. Now, I, I do need to tell you this morning, when I say a spark and a fire, I do not want to imply that the smaller or the lesser was first. I just simply want to imply to you that that's where it all began. Not before that, but it was at that moment. So in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, let's skip down to the 29th verse. Hebrews chapter 12, in the very last verse, says this. For our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. Now when we start talking about, do you believe there's a difference in burning something and what we might call charred a little bit versus burning something to the point of ashes? Now if I was to take a book or, or any kind of a podium or something and I was to burn it a little bit, it's kind of charred. I might sand it down and I might try to refinish it or resurface it somehow, but I haven't destroyed it. It's still there. But folks, when something becomes ashes, it is a total, complete change. Let's go back to the book of Leviticus for just a moment, the sixth chapter. And I want to read to you the 12th verse. And the fire upon the altar. Remember our God. Remember our God is a consuming God. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning. And lay the burnt offering in the under upon it. And he shall burn there on the fat of the peace offerings. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. 
This morning, I want to reiterate unto you a phrase that you hear all the time here. This altar is always open. Folks, I believe that when we come an altar before God, there is not a time that we got to say, let's get the fire going first and then you can bring your sins to God and he can burn those sins. Folks, I believe that there's a fire that's burning now and I believe there will always be a fire that if you've got something in your life that you need to bring to God, there is no better place than right here in the very altar. Do I believe that there's power in this altar? Not necessarily here, but I believe there is power in an altar. Now, when we, let's rewind for just a minute and let's think about what's happening here in Leviticus chapter 9. I told you that this is a spark that starts a fire. Scoot over. I just said scoot over a little bit. Let's see, he's on over to the ninth chapter of Leviticus. And read the 24th verse, the very last verse of Leviticus chapter 9. Where did the fire on the altar start from? Or let's ask ourselves this. Where was the source of the fire? If you can envision a bench or an altar, an area that, that there was a fire... It was not a fire created by man, but it's a fire that's going to be sent by God. Folks, forgiveness of sin begins with the coming of Jesus Christ. His death, burial, and his resurrection. The 24th verse says, And there came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which when all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their faces. Let's go back to Leviticus chapter 6 for just a minute. I read to you in the ninth chapter how that there was a fire and it was ascended out of heaven and ascended upon the altar. That was the spark. Or when I say spark, that is the beginning of a fire. And you know what I believe? I believe that when Jesus came and he died for sin, folks, I don't believe that he just charred sin. I believe he destroyed sin. Sin today is forgiven by God to a point and I'll, I'll phrase it like this. It becomes to a point of no return. Folks, if God has forgiven you, there is no man that can bring it back to you again. If God has forgiven and you have brought something to an altar of sacrifice to God and it has been burned, then know this, it has changed. People would take those ashes and we're going to talk about this in a minute. They would pick them up off the altar and they would carry them outside of the camp and it was a reminder of, of what they once done and how that their sins have been forgiven. Folks, aren't you glad today that God does not just kind of forgive us? Aren't you glad this morning that you're not coming before God with the sin in our life and we're getting partial forgiveness? Amen. Folks, I believe in total forgiveness. I believe in complete forgiveness. I believe in a total destruction of sin. And there's a fire on the altar and people would come to that fire because they knew it was in that place that they could bring their offerings and it was in those places their offerings would be consumed. Today, folks, I want you to know something. That I believe that there was a fire sent from heaven. And I believe that fire is upon an altar. And I believe that if you have sin in your life, you can bring your sins to Jesus. Do you believe in that? Do you believe in the consumption of those sins? Or do you want to just set them on the altar for a little while? And then all of a sudden you feel like there's a value to those sins. Those sins are being burned. So you're like, oh, wait a minute. Let's pick them up, blow the fire off, and let's take it back, folks. When you bring your sins to an altar and your burdens to an altar, I'm encouraging you with all that I can. Leave them there. Amen. 
Do not pick up your burdens and your sins and all the cares of this world and leave with them. You just leave them on an altar and that altar will be, that, those sins will be destroyed by fire. Now, I said this was a peace offering. There was one time that we see that the peace offering was at a set time, but multiple times when you read about this in the Old Testament, it talks about the peace offering was spontaneous. In other words, whenever the person felt the need, whenever the person felt the need to take the sacrifice, they just went. You know what I love about Jesus? There's not a set time that you have to go and make a sacrifice. Folks, you can go to Jesus anytime you want to. You got a heavy heart this morning, guess what? You can go unto Jesus and you can leave your sins and your burdens right in that very altar. You got something that's troubling you this morning. You know what I believe? You can take those cares and those burdens and those chains and you can take them to Jesus and they can be there too. You know what I find interesting about the altar? When you go back and read about it, it talks about how that, uh, how that it, it was made of, of two different kinds of materials. It had brass, but it also had sheeting wood. So in other words, it had two things combined together in one, and it was on that place that the sacrifices were made. Do you believe that Jesus was the Son of God? Amen. Do you believe He was the Son of Man? That's two different things. You see, heaven and earth came together in the person of one person, I should say. And that's Jesus. I believe that he was man. I believe in all points he was tempted just like you and I. But I believe in the divinity of Jesus Christ too. I believe that he was sent directly from heaven. You see today when we take our burdens, we're not just laying them on just an altar. We're laying them on an altar that can only be created by God. Folks, when you take your burdens to Jesus, that is much different than you taking your burdens anywhere else. Do you got a heavy heart? Do you got something in your life you need to bring to the altar? Remember what we read to you there in the very beginning of Hebrews in that very first verse. For our God is a consuming fire. You know, a lot of people want to take God and, and, and kind of just leave a few things there. But what we see is, is that, 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 that He desires that we might take our sins and that we might put them up on the altar of sacrifice until those sins and those sacrifices become ashes. So I want to ask you, do you have any ashes in your life? Do you have anything in your life where you just laid them upon this fire and you let God consume them to where they are of nothing for you? But they're to be used by God. Leviticus chapter 6 and 13th verse. And the fire shall be ever burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. I find it interesting in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 19. It says quench not the spirit. If you define the word quench in the Greek language it means don't put the fire out. You know what my fear is, is that people are putting the fire out. They don't want the smoke coming off the altar. They don't want people bowing at an altar and taking their burdens and their problems under Christ. They want to take the altar out and say, instead of bringing your problems to Jesus, just try to live better in your life. I tell you this, folks, if you are a human being, you have sinfulness that needs to be brought to Jesus. 
not just patching up or trying to do better or trying to do good in life. There's sin in our lives and that sin belongs upon an altar of sacrifice. What happens to that sacrifice when it's burnt? Yeah, the smoke would go up. And as, as they would see is that that smoke would ascend into heaven. I'll tell you this, folks. God approves the work upon the altar of Jesus Christ. He approves that. It's already been approved by God. And we see here that, 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 that people today are trying to put the fire out. And when Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19, he said, pray without ceasing. He said, if you want to keep the fire burning in your life, he said, you better keep praying. How often do you pray? I'm not trying to pry any business. But you know, how often do we pray and come on an altar and say, God, I've got this. Or, you know what, sometimes our, our, our sinfulness in our life is almost like cleaning our houses sometimes. Sometimes the first little speck of ducks comes along and we want to clean it. Sometimes we just let it get almost out of hand and then we're going to just do a, a massive cleaning, folks. I advise you today, if you got sin in your life, you need to come to the altar. An altar that has sin in it, that, that, not the altar has sin, that we bring sin and that it's a, a consuming fire. Our God is a, a consuming fire. When we say consuming, one that destroys but notice what we read here in Leviticus chapter 6. In verse 13. The fire shall ever burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. You see under the Levitical law. Under the Levitical practice. It was this. If there was a separation between two people. Then a sacrifice had to be made. And as we discussed in Sunday school. That reconciliation might happen. So in other words a gift had to be made. And it had to be pleased by God. Folks, if there's a separation between you and God, my question is, what do you have to give God this morning? We have to give Him a heart. We have to give Him so much things we have in our life. And we lay them upon uh, the, the, the altar there. And at the very head, or at the very beginning, you would see the tabernacle, before anybody could get into where God was, they had to cleanse themselves of sin. Folks, if you want to get in the presence of God, we've got to shed sin in our life. You know what a lot of people want to do? If sin was a jacket or a coat, we would take it off, leave it at the door, and then we would bring it in, and then we would, we, we would we'd experience the presence of God, and we'd go back out. You know what we would do with that old coat of sin? Pick it up, put it back on. That's not what we do. You see, before you go into this place and get in the presence of God, you stop at the very beginning and you take your sinfulness and you put them on a fire so that those are destroyed. And then, and only then, can you proceed on into the Shekinah glory to the very presence of God. I ask you this morning, how many of you have sin waiting on you when you go back out there? And I'm not trying to, to get anybody's business. But how many of us just shed off sin and, and, and our wickedness of the world and it's laying out there. We come into the presence of a holy God only to go back out there and put it on again, folks. I'm telling you, if you've got sin in your life, this is a wonderful, consuming fire that you and I are in the presence of today that God can forgive. And you know what? I don't think that there is a, uh, that there's a sin that you can bring to God that He cannot forgive. Scripture says there's only one sin unforgivable. And you know what that is? Rejection or blasphemy of the Holy Ghost of God. You see today, folks, if you reject Him, that's the only thing. That's what casts you into hell. Not stealing bubble gum or lying to your neighbor or, or hitting somebody in the nose. What sends you to hell is, is rejecting God when He's saying, here's my fire. Here's my altar. Here's what I have. But you've got to come to me. You know what? This morning, are you going to the hymn and it says, the fire shall be ever burning on the altar. 
If that fire is always burning, then that means there is not a open hours. There is not office hours. God's always ready to forgive. Do you believe in that? Do you believe you can only be saved on Sunday? Sometimes we get this idea. I can only bring my sins to an altar on Sunday morning. Let me tell you something. You can drive by this place on a Thursday afternoon at 3 o'clock and every door is locked. But I assure you the altar is still burning with the fire. You may not get into the building. By the way, if you want to, just push the door in. It doesn't matter. If you need to get in an altar, get in an altar. But the whole idea is, folks, do not think that there's only a fire in this physical place. The fire is in the presence of God. And you know what I do believe? You can get in the presence of God wherever you're at. You're driving down the road. You're flying through the air. You're in your jobs. You're at school. Whatever it is, wherever it is that you may be in life, you can take your sins and you can put them on an altar. Are you going to leave them there? Or are you just going to kind of just say, you know what, I want to take these back with me again. For it says, the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. Psalm says this, Psalm 86 and 5, it says, God is good and ready to forgive. I believe God's always ready. Then what is keeping man, if there's always a fire burning, then what is keeping man from have an appropriate relationship with God? You know what the answer to that is? Our willingness to bring it to that altar and let it be consumed. And still, let me just lay it off for a little while. Or let me just kind of lay it to the side so I can pick it back up, folks. A relationship with God means putting on an altar of fire where it can be turned to ashes. And you know what? Any jacket or any podium or anything that's burned to ashes, let me ask you, what good are the ashes then? They only serve as evidence that something has changed in your life. Folks, if you take your sins and your problems and your worries and your burdens and you put them on an altar, our God is as a consuming fire. God can do that and He will do that. He'll take these things and He will destroy them. And God is ready and He is is willing and He is able. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should perish. Should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see today, God has provided for us an altar. And I believe that there's still a place that people can come and bring their sins. And they can get forgiveness of their sins. You know what? It might be in an altar. Physically here. Sometimes I think we've gotten scared of the altar. That somebody's going to think, I've got sin in my life, folks. It's okay for people to realize they've got sin. For he that is without sin, let him be the first to, to, to cast a stone. You see today, folks, we all have sin in our life. And the truth is, every one of us here today, we have something that we need to bring to the altar. Yours may be different than mine. Yours may be a longer time ago than mine. It may have happened last week. It might not happen this morning. We both may be this morning. I don't know. But I know this, that if you'll just bring it to the altar, it's called a peace offering because you will not find peace until you put it on an altar and let it be consumed by God. But this morning, what are you bringing to God? Maybe you're that person that you're going to sit there as soon as it starts burning. You're like, wait a minute. This is going to do a little more than charring. It's going to destroy you, folks. There's things in all of our lives that we need destroyed. There's all kinds of things. And he talks about how that that the fire ever be burning upon the altar. And it says, it shall never go out. I'm thankful this morning that God is never busy. 
The fire's never going out. And there's never too much that goes on. If you've ever dealt with a fire sometimes, sometimes if you're not careful, you throw too much on, it kind of smothers out the fire. Let me tell you something, folks. If that fire, the spark that started the fire came from heaven, there's not enough sin that you can pile on that fire that's going to put it out. God can handle anything you give him. Let's rephrase that a little bit different, folks. You can't overwhelm God. You cannot give God something that's too horrific that God cannot forgive of. Folks, no matter what it is you bring to God, he can consume it. Do you believe God can consume? Do you believe that he can break and he can free people? Absolutely do I believe in that. But there comes a surrender on our part. Our God is a consuming fire. He sends down from heaven and he gives us what we stand in need of. And he says, it shall never go out. Fire has to be kind of maintained, I guess you would say. In reading, it talks about the morning and the evening. But you know, somebody that really wants to take care of the fire, they're going to, keep, they're going to make sure that fire is always going. Folks, God's not going to say, oh man, I, I forgot to, uh, to keep providing mankind a place that they can come and offer their sins and their sacrifices. And let, let me start the fire back. And there's not a person here today that has the excuse that God needs to start the fire back, folks. There's a place that you can come and you can put your sins on an altar and I believe they'll be consumed. Sometimes when we're really cold on a winter day and we're a lot of fire, sometimes even on the property, we've got to let it warm up or get going. Folks, that fire is not starting this morning. That fire was burning when Jesus came down to this earth and he died for sin. He created a place. He created a, a means by which you and I can come and we can lay our sinfulness at his feet. And you know what? He can forgive them. The Bible says he can cast them as far as the east is from the west. Never be held against us anymore. He can cast these things away from us. And he talks about how that it shall never go out. The book of Isaiah. I didn't tell you to mark this one, but I'm going to turn over and read Isaiah chapter 61. Let me read you the third verse in Isaiah 61 in verse 3. We've got to keep it burning. It's got to keep going. Isaiah 61 and 3 says, To point unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes. You mean that God wants our ashes? Folks, God has an exchange that He wants to give for mankind. Do you know what we give God? Sin. Unrighteousness. What does God give us? He gives us righteousness. We give God a consumed sinfulness. It becomes ashes. And God gives us beauty, he says, for ashes. Do you know what those ashes mean to you and to me? That means absolute, total destruction. Folks, when Jesus died, he did not get a leg up on sin. When Jesus died on the cross and he resurrected and he, he lived his days upon the earth and sent into heaven, he didn't get a lead back over sin, only for sin to overtake, folks. I believe he utmost destroyed sin and he destroyed sin eternally. It is finished, he said. No more sins, no more sacrifices, nothing else are you going to have to do, he said. 
I have done it for you. You bring them to me and I've already done it for everybody. I've given them what they need. He said, it is finished. And notice what Isaiah said, that he gives us beauty for ashes. He talks about how here in Leviticus, he said, it shall never go out. I love that song. It says, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Preacher, how do you know I've got burdens on you? How do you know I've got sin in my life? Are you watching me? No, we all are conceived in sin. Every one of us, we all are conceived in sin. We have need of of forgiveness in our life. We have need of these things. He said, it shall never go out. Do you believe that God is, is faithful? Do you believe that God is faithful to always have a fire going? That God's faithful to always provide the things that we stand in need of? Lamentations, if I can find it in that third chapter in the 21st, says this. I'll read it to you. My soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. Preacher, you mean God can consume our sin but not consume us? That's exactly what our new glorified bodies are going to experience. But he says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. The Lord is good unto them. Uh, that wait for him to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. You and I today to pray without ceasing, to quench not the spirit. How often do we bring our sins to God? Do we want to wait till it gets... I don't want to say out of hand because I don't want to think anything's out of hand. But why do we wait for sin and, and things in our life to get so accumulated that all of a sudden we're like, God, I, I've got something I want to bring and I want to sit on the altar. May we realize that there's a need that we might go and, and, and set our, our, our sins upon the altar that God uh, might be able to consume the sins that we have in our life so that we might have a, a good, pure, and clean relationship with Him. For Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30, He tells us to grieve not the Holy Spirit whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. What does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? We believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity that works together. They're all together as one. Again, water has uh, water and ice and steam. They're all H2O. They're all the same, but they're, they're in different forms. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Folks, if you turn away the Holy Spirit, you're turning away Jesus. Do you think sometimes our mentality is, well, if they don't want it, it's their laws, not mine. The the Bible says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. Do not make the Holy Spirit upset and grieving or to make sad or sorrowful because you've walked away. How many times... This is going to get pretty personal, but I'll ask you anyway. How many times have we said, 
let's get to the end. Let's sing a song and let's dismiss. And we walk out the doors and we've grieved the Holy Spirit because we had something to put on an altar, but we took it with us. This morning, maybe you're feeling something deep down inside of you that's saying, bring your burdens to me. Preacher, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. All I can tell you is this. If you've got something that needs to be consumed, the scripture says that our God is a consuming fire. If you bring it to God, he'll take care of it. If you bring it to God, God will take care of it. And he'll, he'll, he'll do with it what I believe needs to be done. And he can make it become ashes. Isaiah chapter 42. I want to turn back and read just a second. Isaiah 42. And in... Skip down to about the third verse. Isaiah 42 and verse 3 said, A bruised reed shall he not break. You know what a bruised... You know what bruised means? You and I think bruised means like blood coming to the surface of the skin... A, when he talks about how here a, a bruised reed is talking about one that's broken over, a reed, how it's broken over, but the outside skin's not broken, but the brokenness is on the inside. Do I believe in outward brokenness? Cuts on your hand, broken fingers, and do I believe in that? Yes. But do I believe there's a brokenness inside of man? Absolutely do I believe in that. A broken, excuse me, a bruised reed shall he not break. He's not going to just finish you off. He's going to fix you up. Aren't you glad today that God's not going to condemn you? He's going to fix you up. He's going to cleanse you. A bruised reed shall he not break. And the smoking flax shall he not quench. In other words, that wick has burned down pretty low. But he said, I'm not going to let it go out. Sometimes I'm afraid how we treat our altars that it's become a smoking flax. I'm not trying to judge. I'm simply stating that a smoking flax means we're not throwing stuff on it. Folks, today God's going to keep the fire going, but are we going to do our, I will say do our part. Are we bringing our sins to him so that he might consume these things and, and devour these things? A bruised reed shall he not break and smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. What do you do? When you read the last part of Isaiah 42 and verse 3, where it says, A smoking flax shall he not quench. You know what flax is? It's like a coal oil lamp. It's, it's like the wick of a coal oil lamp. If that flax is about to go out, you know what it needs? It needs more oil. It needs more oil that it can burn. We often reference Jesus when he went into the Garden of Gethsemane. That it's a place of the crushing of the olive. You see, not the olive in its life state, in its crushed state. It pushes forth oil. You think that oil is a waste? Oh no. That oil, can, the flax can be put inside of that and it can burn and the source is not the flax. It's just the instrument. The source is that Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away. He said, but if I go away, I'm going to send another comforter. We're going to be given something that can burn, folks. We need more of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. So that our fires might burn even greater. 
For the church today, I pray that God would send us more from heaven that we might burn brighter and brighter than not only you that are here, but to our families and our friends and the drive-by neighbors and, and all the people that we work with that they'll realize that there is a place that you can go and you can take your sins, but you're not going to take them to any person. You take them to God. You know what I love about a true New Testament church? Is our sin does not go to a person. Our sin goes to God. You know who forgives us of that? Jesus forgives us of these things. And when we see that these ashes begin to produce and they come forth out of that fire, we realize that it's at that point. It's at that point. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. And it shall never go out. I want to read you one more place in Leviticus chapter 19. And I want to close with this. Leviticus chapter 19. Man, you want to talk about the freeness of man. This really gets down to the core of what makes a church a church. Verse 5. And if ye offer a sacrifice of peace offerings. He didn't say you had to. You know what? God's not making anybody get saved, is he? We're not, I'm not going to go around saying, how was your week been or your month or your life? You need to come under an altar. And if you want to do that, that's fine. But the truth is, you've got to want to be in an altar somewhere. And if ye offer a sacrifice of peace offerings unto the Lord, there is a comma there. Listen. Ye shall offer it at your own will. Never will a person be forced to enter into an altar and say, you need to be forgiven or that you've got, folks, today, you've got to seek forgiveness on your own will, your own merit, and your own desire. You want to talk about a spark that we read to you there in the ninth chapter that came down and upon that altar and it began a fire? That fire is burning where people can bring their sins. And here we are on this, this wonderful uh, February day in 2023, and there's still a place that people can go and that they can take their sins. And our God, we read to you in Hebrews, is a consuming fire. Do you have something you want God to burn? You know, it's kind of decorative now to burn stuff and char it. But God doesn't want us to char things. Just kind of burn it. He wants it to become ashes. So this morning, God bless you. That's the thoughts I had upon my heart that I wanted to say this morning. I want us to get a song.